Welcome to Home Group Heads Up, a podcast by Calvary Bible Church, equipping the leaders of home groups in order to prepare and get ready for the coming weekend. With your hosts, Perry Marshall, Matthew Mashad, and yours truly, Jay Ewing. How's it going, guys? Great, Jay. Good yeah. to be with you again, Matthew. Welcome yeah. to the podcast. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, man. It's great to have you in the seat. Now, Matthew, we heard a little bit of last week of uh, about us, but what are you in charge of? What do you oversee here at Calvary? Yeah, so I have the privilege of being on the Thornton campus uh, as the community life coordinator out there and just get to help facilitate and lead the connections ministry out there, uh, helping with home groups out there, life groups, and eventually men's and women's ministry as well. Sweet. Now, you had a great weekend. We commissioned your campus this last Sunday. Perry and I were out there at the end of the tour. We were in the gift shop area. Precisely. It was great. It's yeah. good, good to be in the gift shop when you're, everything is free. How many, <laughs> how many dedications did y'all have last Sunday afternoon? There's, a, there's some debate, but I believe the number is at nine. Nine dedication nine services? Nine dedication Woo, that's awesome, man. It, it was awesome to see and celebrate all that's God, that God has been doing out there. The building looks so fresh. It's like agreeable gray is everywhere. There's shiplap. I mean, it looks awesome. Yeah, it was pristine. It looks really impressive. You just get the student ministry in there for like two days and it'll be destroyed, right? Yeah, they'll bring it back. <laughs> they'll bring it back to normal. We could all say that. Most of us were student guys at one time or another. But hey, it's good to be with you. Thanks for being here. Um, if you're listening from Thornton, we're, we're so thankful that you're at the Thornton campus this year um, launching what God's doing in that city, and we're just praying for you in your home group. So uh, thanks for being part of the team these days. It's awesome. All right, let's jump into it. We got to talk about home groups. We had our first inaugural launch this last weekend. Um, at Right now, as what I can tell, as best I can tell, we have like 88 groups on at Calvary that are home groups. How awesome is that? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Sweet. I know. There's so many great leaders at Calvary. It's just unbelievable to see so many step up. So um, let's ask each of you, how did your home group go? Well, Jay, how did yours go? I want to hear <laughs> about that one. Well, we have um, 25, 26 individuals that attend our home group. Um, we're really comfortable with that. We know these people really well uh, for the most part, but we have a bunch of two-year-olds. I was told we have six under two, so which is oh, pretty wow. crazy. And then we have some older kids. The oldest is seven, so it's pretty young household, but this is what we did. We did Kids Quest first. I, I don't, you don't have to do this in home group, so don't feel like you have to, but we did brunch, especially Ooh. for the first one. Nice. So we had some egg casserole and some treats. Nice. I know. It was really great. Some fresh coffee. And then um, we had brunch, and then we went into uh, the adult service. And so the all the kids watched the worship. Like, you know, how cool is those two songs were perfect mm-hmm. to start us off in home groups. And then yeah. um, the younger ones just went and played. And we were going to, we were going to, I say this, we were going to Famous go from there words. to discussing the sermon and at that time, it's like two hours, and all those two-year-olds revolted. Yeah, it was like a French Revolution type revolt. Time to shut it down. <laughs> it was time to like. So I prayed quickly. Get it? I prayed quickly. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I had to. You, yeah. you had a bell. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, my group, we have, if everybody showed up in our house, we'd have like 30 people because we have seven families all with kiddos. So um, instead of that, though, we have a couple families who are only participating on Zoom, and then we have um, the rest of us are participating in person. Um, but a few families weren't able to show up, and so it was just a couple of us actually present at our house. Um, and the discussion went went fine, even though you know they were on Zoom and we were in person. And it seemed like it could have been a little messy, but it worked out okay. I think we might try to um, have more computers or screens in the room for yeah. this next week, just so we can see each other. Of course, you got to mute everybody else's except just one when you do that. Otherwise, you get some massive feedback. But um, then we did Kids Quest during the discussion. So uh, my wife actually stepped out of the room to help do the video with the kids. And it went okay. It was it was good. Um, we're going to experiment. I don't think we've totally landed on the final solution. But um, it's something that's in process. And we saw a little glimpse of how it can work. And, you know, it's it's messy. Yeah, totally. It's messy, and I think it's just going to continue to be. We like your group, Jay. We only answered like one question. That's all we. That's all we had time for, which was great because I wanted to spend more time on prayer and just catching up with each other since we hadn't seen each other for a little while. But it was great. It, it's it's a it's a huge, huge um, move for us to be able to just be together and to reconnect with each other. So that was great. Yeah, Matthew, totally. what was your group like? Yeah, well, I, I launched a new home group in Thornton. And so it was great. It was a great first meeting, but there was definitely like, I don't know you yet. Like, yeah. let's settle into community together. But it was it was great. We we ma- we spent a lot of time on like, hey, let's set up what we want this to be, what we want this community to be and talking through some of those things. Uh, we also only got to one question because most of our time was, hi, who are you? What's yeah. your name? No doubt. What yeah, I, that seems to be a key point, like especially for groups that where you don't know each other very well yet. Like the small talk is really important right now, yeah. just to get to know each other. Those are holy conversations, even where um, you might say, "Well, we're just we're not really talking about the sermon. We're not getting into the questions." That's okay. Hundred yeah, percent, totally okay. No doubt, we don't do those things at church, anyways. Usually, it's small talk. That leads to big talk. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the key point. Like those conversations lead you someplace, even though they may seem kind of inconsequential right now, but they can really pay off down the road. They will pay off down the road. Definitely, oh, totally. Sure. And, and like we set up our, our group so that next week now we can begin to go a little deeper now. And it, it takes that small talk, like you said, Jay, to get to that big talk. Yeah. So let's talk about, did your group sing the worship songs together and how'd that go if you did? Uh, if, if you were in the room with us just watching, it would have been a little comical. So we, we were kind of like bashfully kind of tapping along to the music yeah. and then eventually, you know, kind of quietly whispering some words. <laughs> and then eventually, uh, my wife is the brave one in our family and she actually starts singing. And um, yeah, by the end of it, we were actually kind of all singing. That's really so it was cool. Good. Awesome. That's really cool. What about you, Matthew? What'd y'all do? Yeah, we decided that we were going to sing. We we talked about it first. If that was going to be something we did, we decided, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll watch worship and we'll sing and very similar experience to Perry of everyone was just kind of like, yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Just kind of bashfully, uh, 
but yeah and and it, it it reminded me of something and even perry as you were talking there with with your wife uh, of a time when i was in middle school here at the erie campus wait you were a middle school student i was uh on the middle school staff team. okay great clarifying point, point of clarification i mean you do look young but not that oh, young. come on <laughs> But one thing we would always say to our leaders is we want to go first to give the gift of going second. Mm, and so if you guys good. decide to have uh, worship in your in your home group, you certainly don't have to, depending on how your group wants to. But if your group does decide, it does sometimes take that one person to go first so that everyone else can go like, oh, hey, they're doing it. Totally. And I heard a, I heard a story this this week from a home group that it was actually two high school boys that were the first ones to go. And so everyone was like, well, if they can do it, right. We can do it. Oh man. If they can do anyone can do yeah, it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. So, you know, some groups need to decide you, you probably need to talk about it. If you haven't after the first week about if you're comfortable singing together, what it, do you sing under mass, whatever your, yeah. your situation is in your home group, just to make sure y'all are talking about it because awkwardness goes away when there's conversation about mm-hmm. those awkward moments. So, just make sure you're talking about it in the coming weeks. Okay, so we got things coming up this week. Uh, one of the big things we're going to talk about um, in our emails this weekend to you guys is about Starting Point. We know you're the front door of Calvary these days, and so Starting Point is the first step people take into Calvary normally. So I just want to encourage you, if you have young, new people to Calvary in your home group, Give them a personal invite to Starting Point, and you can find information at calvarybible.com on the homepage, at the event page, or even this special link called calvarybible.com slash starting point to get them registered and signed up for Starting Point. I just want to make sure that you know that um, we're asking you leaders to be the invitation, the personal invitation for someone to step into Starting Point this season. Yeah, and Jay, maybe just remind us too, like what what is the point of Starting Point? Like why should why should people show up to that? Yeah, Perry, that's a great question. It's um, a place in which the new people to Calvary can come to know the staff and the staff to know them. So it's usually in person um, around food, and we'll we did it safely in the COVID season. We're thinking about doing it safely again, so don't worry about that. Um, but we just want to get to know people who are at Calvary and have them a chance to get to know us. So, Matthew, any observations from Starting Point? What have you seen over the last couple of years when you participated in Starting Point? It's awesome to, one, just get to know people that are new to Calvary. And like you were saying, it's an opportunity for them to get to know us as well. And really, like, we're not just these ivory tower people. We're real people that live in this community. Yeah. And it's it's been encouraging to see that when people jump into Starting Point, the they they tend to stay a part of calvary and tend to plug in even more definitely the per- a, yeah percentages go up for sure great okay so here's your heads up for the week um we the team has listened to the sermon um these two guys have listened to the sermon that is coming your way i will i have not but um this confessional booth time i guess right there but <laughs> so we're in acts 10 and Perry sort of set up what's going on in Acts 10 and what the the preachers talked about this week. 
Yeah. So one of the key things to keep in mind is just where we are in the book of Acts in general. And um, going back to last week when we talked about Philip and the encounter with the Ethiopian eunuch, we saw on display this example of how God works in people's lives to draw them to himself, including people who, who we would normally consider to be outsiders. And so the, the eunuch um, from Ethiopia is certainly an outsider. And we talked about that last week. We don't need to rehash it now. But we see another example of that, even a more vivid example of that, this week when we start to get into the story of Peter and his encounter with a man named Cornelius. Cornelius is a Roman centurion, so um, he is an outsider also uh, for different reasons, though. As a Roman soldier, he's, he's not a, a member of the nation of Israel. He is, he is not a Jew, and um, he's a Gentile, and so he's an outsider for that reason. Um, and then there's a complicating factor in the fact, simple fact that um, the Roman soldiers, uh, he's, he oversees uh, a group of a hundred soldiers, just by virtue of being a centurion, so he's a man in leadership in a leadership position. But they are the occupiers, and um, pastors Tom and Thomas will talk about that a little bit this week in this this weekend in the sermon. So they are outsiders, and then in the midst of this, um, Peter has this supernatural encounter. Cornelius has a supernatural encounter, and those encounters are both things that bring the two of them together. And so, Matthew, why don't you tell us just a little bit about um, those encounters? How does Cornelius find out about um, this encounter? How does God speak to him to prepare him for this situation? Yeah, so Cornelius, a little bit of context on him. He's classified as a God-fearer, so somebody who recognizes who the Lord is. He, he is devout in prayer. He gives alms to the poor. Uh, he's, he's doing what God has said, what is good and what is right. And from there, the, the Lord takes notice of him and his prayers and, and sends an angel to him and says, Hey, there's, there's a guy over in Joppa who you need to go get to come tell you more. Uh, Tom talks a lot about uh, revelation that Cornelius received. And this was one of those. And, and he, he responds to it. He, the, God opens this door and, and Cornelius steps through it and says, okay, I'm going to, I want, I want this. Right. Yeah. And then Peter has his own encounter too, supernatural vision um, that he has where on uh, three separate times, um, Peter sees this vision of this food that it is off limits um, according to the Jewish law. And, um, there's a lot of background there that we could get into, but essentially um, they have strict dietary laws um, that they're supposed to follow, they being um, Jews. And Peter sees the this vision of all of these different forms of unclean, off-limits kinds of animals. And um, the, the command is, Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And and. This is a shocking thing for Peter to hear, but it happens three times. It's repeated three times, and Peter isn't even sure of what it all means. But along with that vision, Peter also is given um, insight from God that that there are people at his door who are looking for him now, and he should go with them 
and Peter has no idea what's going on. It even says that he's inwardly perplexed as to what the vision might mean. But Peter goes along trusting the Lord, and it's just the setup for this beautiful scene where Peter starts to understand what's going on. And as he is able to connect the dots, he recognizes that God is doing something that is almost, we could say, scandalous in showing that the gospel, the good news, is not only for the people of Israel, but it's for everyone, that it's God's heart is not only for the people of Israel, but God's heart is actually for the world. Yeah, so let me, so Peter personally is wrestling with his own prejudice ideas, and he realizes that in this, that the Lord is sort of kindly showing him that there are no human barriers to the gospel. Right. And and it's it's really something that in in our perspective in history we can look back and say, well, of course it's always been that way. Um, going all the way back to Genesis chapter 12 when God called to Abram and this is not a part of the sermon, but just as background, um, God approached Abram and said that I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God's heart has always been for the world. And, of course, we think of John 3.16, which is referred to or implied in the sermon this weekend, too, that God loves the world. And so what what Tom and Thomas are showing this weekend is, is simply how God is always working to prepare people for salvation and that includes all people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. It, it has no boundaries. While, on the other hand, we often operate, even in ways that we don't realize, we often operate with some kind of prejudice in our hearts. Yeah. And we often try to set up barriers that God simply has to tear down in our lives to show us that, no, his love is actually without boundaries for all people. No doubt. And... Matthew, you talked about this sort of the pre-show, but um, the fact that the early church is now wrestling with what we could call the intimacy of the table fellowship, the the things that um, they were known for early in their development, but now they're wrestling like how do we how do we solve this problem between like kosher food laws in order to launch the Gentile mission to the world, and how do we like make ourselves stiff, definitely distinct, but also try not to discriminate any person from enjoying the table that we've established in the early church, right? Yeah, and I think there's some helpful context to that, that uh, the the food laws were set up to set Israel apart. And so Peter and, and the, the Jews of the day feeling like, no, this is, this is we're set apart. We're God's people. We're, we're different. But understanding why those food laws were instituted in the first place of they're pointing to to show that God is separate, that he is holy, that we can't approach him without um, cleansing from, from our sins. And, and so it sets that up. But then now God is saying now, yeah, it's, it's, I've opened that door with Jesus through Jesus. It's you're clean. People are, it's not what you take into your mouth but it's in your heart what what is makes you clean or unclean and and so but there it's still that wait but 
we're Jewish and we're, we've been following these laws for 2000 years. We've been, there's, there's, there's a setup of we're separate and yeah. now you're telling us we're not, or, or we're all part of this one family. And I think Peter says it well at the end of the chapter in chapter 10 of, uh, when he's saying what's to stop, uh, us from baptizing them as they have the same spirit that we have. We are all now one family with one spirit. Yeah, so they're just basically, I mean, we do it in our own lives, right? When we came to know Christ, we had to unhook some of the traditions, some of the things that defined us before we knew Christ. Now, with a, a new heart and a new life, you know, we're we're putting away the old self. And not to say that the Jewish people were putting away in this, the religious law about, you know, it wasn't sin, but it was an identity, a cultural identity, a barrier to the gospel going forward. Yeah. I think key verse for this whole chapter is probably verse 34, where Peter just says, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And that's a great reminder as you're a home group leader is that no matter what you think of an individual who shows up, that God shows no partiality to those in your midst, in your home, in in your group. Yeah. Amen. And it gives us a lot of grace towards one another, right? That God can work in anyone. In fact, he's worked through me. So even can, me. Yeah, even me. So, yeah. Okay, so that's your heads up for the week. I want to leave you with this as a home group leader. You know that we're praying for you. We love you. We're so thankful to be on mission with you as we develop these communities of people fully devoted to loving God and loving others. And so I'm going to leave you with this um, verse Ephesians 5 says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Um, We are imitators. You're imitators of God. Live in that identity as children that are loved by God in order to love others and to accept others and bring them into um, a relationship with Jesus. You're just the connector. It's not on your own. One of the biggest things from the sermon this week and last week is God is working. God is what who does the work and converting and bringing people to him. But um, we can be definitely conduits to that work. Anything else, guys, from the week? That's it. Don't forget, you can pick up yard signs at Calvary Bible at your building location. These are pretty cool. It says Calvary at home. lets people know in your neighborhood that a home church is forming and it has formed. And it's just a conversational piece. It's interesting to hear people talk about those yard signs, isn't it? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we love you. Talk to you very soon. Remember, be imitators of God as beloved children. 